Welcome to the first episode of Navigante. This is the very first episode and I'm very excited. And um, we are right now in Athens. It's the 3rd of July. We are having an audience today from the Dutch Art Institute where I'm also a student. My name is Karina Sarkisova and I am hosting this podcast. So I'm going to say a few words about how I came to this place. Uh, once I answer the question what the difference between, between artist and curator is, and I wrote, I see it as a relationship between a horse, its carriage, and the contents in the carriage. The horse is the curator, the carriage is the method, practice, and the theory, and the content is the carriage in the artwork. The curator is responsible and takes care of the politics and the placement and the direction of placement of the carriage. The carriage is a way of bridging the politics and placement with the art making. I make sure that the horse is taking care of the political discussion that is directly related to a curatorial practice in order to make the discussions constructive for forming the surroundings and striving for a world that allows the art and existence. I think it is also important to add an extra position here. The horsewoman that is walking next to the carriage in the position as the dramaturg. She is an outsider, she connects the movements of the process and reads between the lines of the decision making. She makes sure that everything is moving, she repairs the equipment from the friction of the journey, and she can even be a spokesperson for the equipage. With my theory tutor Sven Lutiken, um, we've been talking during this year about uh, formulating an author, an author to an audience I'm writing for. Then I also wrote a list to my study group um, during this year. And this is a quote from this list of uh, mode of production when working. Dare to formulate protocols to follow. Dare to have the tricky discussions in order to be able to formulate a protocol, pathway of maps. Dare to stick to them and make decisions of where to head. Once reaching the destination, the protocol can be rewritten. This in order to avoid a hoping for the best scenario and see where the project will end up. Studying at the Dutch Art Institute is also about existing in temporalities, which is also a contemporary mode of existence and also of producing art. And um, the equipment of this podcast I uh, looked for was the most light to be able to carry with you and meet guests along the way. Uh, with Hippatia Volumis, um, one of my theory tutors, we were looking at symmetries of authorship and collaboration beyond the individual individual artistic tradition. And some of the trajectory of um, this episode comes from uh, an architect called Kaisa Lavasek Kerner. She wrote a PhD called Walking Along, Wandering Off and Going Astray. And from this PhD I extracted a wandering workshop, which somehow is the ground towards this place. Okay, and today I have a guest with me. Uh, it's Macklin Kowal. Hello. I did not expect to be applauded. Thank you very much. Um, I am assuming a very deliberate position here, grasping the microphone pedestal so that I can be heard. Can you hear me? Thank you. Um, so as Karina said, my name is Macklin Koval. Um, the 
mandates, I suppose, of a conventional kind of hospitality would, would ask that I present myself, that, I, that I, I account for myself and tell you who I am and where I've come from and what I'm doing here. Um, so I will do that for you if you don't mind too much. My name, once again, is Macklin Koval. This is the name that was given to me by my parents. Um, I was born in San Francisco, California. That's a city in the United States. Um, I reside here in Athens, Greece, uh, where I've lived for almost two years now. Karina um, and I were discussing a little bit earlier, thought it would be effective, um, convenient to uh, distill my practice here in Athens to three major points, um, sort of digestible morsels um, for, for, for you, our audience. Um, I do three things here, um, at least according to the terms we've set. I do three things here. I run a small space in Athens um, where the focus is performance and performative works. Uh, it is in the center of Athens. Um, friends, colleagues that Karina and I have in common have shared work there. The spirit is quite um, open, casual, um, and lively. Um, additionally, I'm pursuing a PhD at the University of Aristotelio, Aristotelio University in Thessaloniki in the north of Greece. Um, the field is political theory. The topic is the relationship of democracy to hospitality. Um, in other words, um, the rights of foreigners um, as they are dictated by democracy as a theoretical concept, um, asking the question of when, whether, and how civic rights of belonging uh, can be granted to people who do not necessarily belong to one's political community. Uh, additionally, I am, was, still am a performer. Um, I do things with my body and my voice um, and situations um, that, that is the general <laughs> structure of my performance practice. Um, um, finally, I have to thank Karina for the opportunity to come and to speak. I have to thank all of you at the Dutch Art Institute for um, receiving me as your guest. Maybe you didn't know that I was coming, but um, <laughs> here I am. Uh, and you are most gracious to receive me without um, violent incident. Um, that is me. Uh, I was the, the, I, I had a I had a secret score that I was I was developing. No, it's fine. I was not going to introduce the dog, um, because we have we have a future audience that we're conceptualizing, um, who will listen to this podcast. Um, but now the cover has been blown. It's okay. We have a dog with us. We have my dog. I'm I'm holding him up to the microphone now. He's been uh, drinking uh, water out of a cup. Um, I heard some of you laughing at how delightful and cute it was that he was drinking water. Um, and I, I thought it would be funny if we didn't make allusion to that at all, so that, that the future audience would wonder why people were laughing, if any of the laughter was caught on the microphone. But now we've, um, now we've been exposed, and that's, it, it's always great to be exposed. Yeah, I agree. So let's go to our first site, so visit, and you introduced the word, uh, the word stasi, a Greek word to me. 
Ah, Would you yeah. like to say something about it? Okay, so um, first site of interrogation, first uh, place where we're going to stop in our walking along is um, this idea of position or positionality, which in the Greek language you can speak of through this word stasi, apotistasimu, um, from my position, which um, is a polysemic word, also meaning stop. Um, if, for example, you've been in the, the, the Athens metro, you'll hear epomenistasi, next stop. Uh, the word means stop, it also means position. Um, you can speak of your position using this word, which um, as I come to it, as I approach this word in this sense of position, um, I'm thinking of it in terms of a trajectory, um, anterior prior movement that has been halted, um, if only momentarily a place, a position from which one may speak, articulate, um, enter into some discursive modality, uh, but with reference to and predicated um, by, in fact, it necessarily predicated by previous movement. Um, there is something behind you, there is somewhere where you have come from in order to be able to speak from the specific position. Um, it entails orientation, uh, it entails, again, positionality, which I think is interesting, if only as a kind of preliminary exercise to think of in distinction to um, subjectivity or the subject, the state of subjecthood, which I always think of as, as, as in terms of um, legibility and accountability, very often in the context of being before some force of law, that not necessarily being state law, but some legal construction, some legal apparatus to which one is accountable and legible. Um, the dog is barking. Um, these distinctions can be collapsed and complicated, of course. It's not to say that they are completely independent of each other, that position is not inflected by uh, subjectivity, that subjectivity is not inflected by position uh, and anterior movement presumed in position. Um, but as a thought exercise, I think it's useful to at least make this early distinction, if only for the purposes of collapsing it and complicating mm -hmm. it. And um, when we go further towards the positionality of the local, um, would you like to take us further onto, onto that through being a local practitioner in Athens? Certainly. Um, the positionality of the local. Um, it's interesting because if we're thinking about position as we've proposed it, kind of um, entailing this kind of preceding movement um, to then situate position in terms of the local or locality, you're talking about a, um, a specific topology, a specific place where you are. You're also talking about um, an anterior movement that precedes this moment of positionality. Um, in my case, I am a foreigner living in Athens. I am um, from the United States. The US is the country that accounts for my citizenship, my passport, et cetera. Yeah, we met in San Francisco in 2011. That's true, to give some context yeah. as to our, we, we met in San Francisco, my native city in 2011. Yeah. I remember you being uh, a bit shy, but very present, I remember, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the memory. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you arrive here? Mm, I came just for the first time in 2015, and then I moved here in 2016. And that's to say, I guess, that 
with regards to um, positionality and, and being a local, let's say, um, I, I, I am a local here. I, I live here like by the book. I have a residency permit. I followed all the protocols. Um, I am registered with the local authorities. I, I am a local. I live in Athens. Um, what precedes, however, my moment of locality, my sort of position of locality, um, is experience and trajectory from elsewhere, from San Francisco, from other places where I have lived. My position as a local in Athens um, is accounting for trajectories that have occurred elsewhere, actually. Um, though I am accumulating an ever richer experience of being here, um, I do account for the fact that I am also coming from elsewhere. My experience of being a local here is accounting for something from elsewhere. Yeah. And we were talking a bit like about somehow what commonalities do you uh, see with some with um your positioning of uh, growing up in the states and somehow the reality of of being based here mm. from a political point of view? Mm. This is something I think very complicated and necessary to unpack and to, to criticize. Um, Do you encounter it through your practices? Through my practices. In a way, yes, by, by necessity I do. Um, in terms of the programming of my space, there is um, necessarily, I, I'm, I'm inviting colleagues that are close friends um, that I, I have worked with in various cities, not only San Francisco, but elsewhere. Um, in a way, as I've now come to, to function at least in part as, as, as a, a space organizer in Athens. Um, the programming, at least in this initial stage, um, is very much drawing on my own personal network of trusted and adored friends and colleagues. This brings in, into the space of Athens, um, a kind of social topography, a social network um, that is my own and is sourced largely from elsewhere. Um, I've posed questions to myself as to what that means. What does that mean that you arrive in Athens, you are bringing in um, artists, performance artists, choreographers, etc., coming from the US, from Lithuania, from Belgium, elsewhere. What does it mean to bring in largely many artists from the north, let's say, into, um, into Greece? Um, what are the implications of that and what does that perpetuate in terms of a performance of um, access and visibility? Um, at the same time, um, I have tried to orient the practice of programming as being more, let's say, um, engaged and situated in the, for lack of a better term, the local Athenian scene, going kind of um, ardently out into Athens and asking who is making work, who is making performance, who is asking questions through performance work. Um, and to do so not to discount or discredit the work that's been done previously, curatorially, accounting for that. That, has, that is what has happened in the space. That's what's been programmed there. Um, and it's been quite exciting and people have responded positively to it. Um, but the interest, I think, is to go out accounting for that, um, forge connections and see what can be done as far as bringing people in um, to continue and carry on 
something of a spirit that's developing there, not erasing previously what's been there. Um, I think, you know, I want to be conscious to not um, fetishize or, or essentialize or exoticize um, any position in, in terms of the curatorial practice, um, whether that be the locally Athens born and raised artist or um, the artist coming from somewhere else. Um, did that answer any question at all? Yeah, I think it did. Okay. Um, so we have like we have a bit of limited of time, but I would like to ask you uh, how you chose your uh, topic of your PhD. I'm always curious in that mechanism. Yeah. And what that is. I'm looking at the clock, and I realize that we do have very limited time. Um, I, I can get so out of control when it comes. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, how did I? How did I come to my PhD topic? Um, mm -hmm. Love, um, love. That's the easy answer. <laughs> um, love of, um, love of the theories, namely that that are most uh, operative in the mm. work that I'm doing. Mm. And, you, and we spoke a bit of Derrida and uh, of. Um, uh, Haraway and s situated knowledges and situated practices, and uh, can you give me your landing point towards that? You you told me that a bit yeah, yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking a little yes. bit about this earlier. I think again, Derrida is very central to my own work, and he's relevant in many ways. Um, but I mean, in the context of my own work, it has to do with his writing on ethics, kind of what is due, what is owed to the other. Um, I'm interested, however, in the way that this is complicated through feminist critiques, through post-colonial critiques as well. As far as the relevance to, um, to Haraway, I mean, we, we were talking earlier about a kind of poetics or a gesture towards a, um, a mode of theorization that is um, neither detached objective science, not pretending to be this, um, which is a criticism that Derrida and Haraway are both uh, wagering, let's say, but uh, a modality of, of, of criticism or theory that is, to use this idea of stasi, of positionality, um, taking full account of one's trajectory, one's um, having been elsewhere, having come from somewhere else, and confrontation with what is then before oneself, um, and in such a manner that one collapses almost in either direction. Um, towards past, towards future, this kind of loss of self, this disintegration, melting of self, this, this kind of leaking porousness of oneself. Um, um, and this kind of takes me to like this topic that I'm very interested in, which is the transgression of dance and choreography. And you and me are both um, people that come from performance background, but we kind of enter other practices through the practice of performance, of choreography, we want to like test those borders, and you talked with me a bit about how academic work um, is a certain performance, and how did like your performance practice go into your academic work, and what where lies the difference somehow? Right, I, I think most kind of frankly, the performative element of academic work is this in a very are we all familiar with J. L. Austin sort of speech act theory, all of this, this kind of. Um, 
this, this performative sense of, okay, I am laying proof to something, I am acknowledging, the performative element in the traditional academic work is, I am accounting for what has preceded the argument, I am either proving or disproving it through this sort of, this array of, of information that I am bringing forth to, again, either complement or contest it. There's a sort of felicity that needs to occur in order to perpetuate academic work um, through these kind of performative acts, at least I think so. Um, this, I think, is the kind of performative method of orthodox academia as far as approaching it transgressively or subversively. It requires accounting for that and playing with that. As far as what that means or what that looks like, I don't have an exact answer, but it requires, I think, a conscious understanding. These are the stakes of the performative procedure. How does one transgress that? How does one subvert it? Um, yeah, filiation, subverting filiation, subverting the perpetuation through, I don't know, other modalities that are maybe anti-procreative, anti, you know, those models. Okay, Macklin, we unfortunately have to finish here, but we will do a part two on Skype. Okay, that was so quick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but at least we made the first episode now. And thank you, Dutch Art Institute. Thank you, Macklin, for joining me today. Thank you, Karina. And more episodes will come.